You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Back again. Back again. On G4D, a.k.a. Grounds. For Discussion. discussion. Some of you might be a little confused saying in the title, WandaVision. Is that a new hip artist out there? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point there's some kind of artist that does a play on that. I feel like a good, like, metal band would be, like, The Vision. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Or you might have a band that literally just takes WandaVision but gets rid of all the vowels in it. <laughs> like uh, like uh, that one band. Oh, my gosh. On, uh, Subtract. Or a star effer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One free tickets to see them one time. Never got the tickets. What? <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah. It was like a contest that Full Sail ran and, you know, expecting the Full Sail would give me. Full Sail would give away tickets to see uh, uh, Star Effer. They they did for Del the Funky and I was Whoa. able to get in. Oh. So, yeah. That's awesome. Where did he play? He played at the Social. Oh. Yeah. That was great. Wow. That must have been a night. Actually, that was Deltron 3030, but he did oh. do, um, what is it, Clint Eastwood. There we go. Nice. Yeah, which is great, kind of closing out the show. That was a really fun show. He showed up on the stage with a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, you guys, you guys got some, have some good skating around here. <laughs> yeah, right? Did he do the one that goes, Mr. Double Leader, Mr. Bob Double Leader? Mr. Double Leader, Mr. Bob Double Leader? I don't know if he did that one. He did pretty much a good majority of... Deltron thirty thirty. Okay. And then the new the the newest Deltron thirty thirty that came out, he also did some songs off of that. Got it. Too as well. I can't remember the name of that album. The return, something to that effect. Yeah. The return. <laughs> yeah, something. You know. You know. Uh you, you don't make an album for twenty years and just decide, well what 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 are we calling this follow up album? The return. Ah, the fits. There you go. Short, sweet, to the point. Yep, short, sweet, and right to the point. Yeah, but yeah, I am excited to talk to you about something a little bit different today. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about WandaVision because it is officially out. It is completed. Well, the first season, I guess, or whatever it is, might so. be the only season. Might be. We, we're not really sure yet. But uh, for those of you listening and who have not seen WandaVision, there will be spoilers. We will spoil the entire show. So just this is a warning right now. If you have not watched WandaVision, uh. Turn it off! Oh! I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that, that was uh, Zach De La Roca? Yeah, something like I don't know. The coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I'm not oh, yeah. in the... And we're finishing up coffee, just like WandaVision finished up. <laughs> we are finishing up a bag of coffee shop of horrors, the Nut House. The He's nut, nut Cream. There he is. Thank really you, enjoyed uh, this one. We had this the other week. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've been trying different things with the Mocha Master which is behind you. It's kind of like a 19, 1950s looking piece of equipment, I guess, right? I, I love it. Yeah, usually um, I'll like 
it's a, it's an automatic dripper for those of you who don't know and it has like a shower head so it kind of like showers your coffee but usually i've been stirring it to like kind of do like a you know a pre-ground thing but um yeah i just let it kind of just drip through and actually i taste more of the hazelnut now than i did before I think yeah. I was I was gonna say that too. I definitely feel like I taste it quite a bit more from the last time that you made it. So I guess no stirring then. Mm. All right, I learned this. I learned the secret. Yeah, I don't know why stirring would get rid of the powerfulness of the flavor, but yeah. it does taste very good still. It's got to be something with extraction or how it's grinded, or I couldn't tell you. Something to that effect. Something like that. And once again, this is actually a coffee company that's based out of Florida, Florida. Mon- Monteverde. So. Shout out to local Florida brewer, brewers. Coffee shop. Not breweries. Coffee shop of <laughs> I forgot you did that last time. It's, st- it's still so good. <laughs> Recalling bits here on G4DPodcast.com. <laughs> I figure we should just drop our website more because we only talk about it really at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a cool website. It's, uh, it's a Squarespace site. No, we're not sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I really enjoyed this album, but you know what I enjoyed more? Building a website <laughs> with Squarespace. <laughs> oh, well, you know, that album was a slog to listen to. And, you know, I got to say, it's not a slog to sleep on a Casper mattress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Good, Did good that Eminem stuff. album put you to sleep too? Well, sleep well on your new Casper mattress. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right. So Invest in the G4D cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened with Kings of Leon and their new album. I don't know. Something uh, yeah, about Yeah, I think they were involved with that in Cryptocurrency. Well, as long as their cryptocurrency name has five syllables, that's all I, That's all that matters. Because all their albums have five syllables in them. You're right. They got to keep that tradition going. They got to keep it going. I... Just like uh, Maroon 5 adding new members to their band every year. <laughs> There's always a new guy popping up. Oh, man. Oh, that was so funny, the comment that he made on Twitter. Just talking about there's no good bands anymore or something to that effect. <laughs> I, th- I think he meant in uh, in popular music in general, but uh, oof, says the guy whose job it is to find people for bands. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I I just feel like as time goes along, the more and more I care, the I could care less rather <laughs> about what celebrities and popular musicians have to say. I just really don't care anymore. Yeah, like that's just that's just white noise now. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's uh, it's only good for me to laugh at and just be like, why? <laughs> I I don't care what Adam Levine says. Yeah, true. I'm not a. But I think majority of the artists that we like that aren't major artists don't really say stuff like that. Oh no no no! Unless you're Ariel Pink, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I guess Ariel Pink and the guy from Mumford and Sons are gonna form like a cool band now right uh, super group yeah super group <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say racist things <laughs> could you imagine who else yeah. would be in that band ted nugent eric could you imagine ted nugent and ariel pink oh, getting together i, I don't i don't want album? to <laughs> 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 no thanks. Uh, no thank you. Anyways, WandaVision. WandaVision. Wanda. 
Vision. You know, this is Marvel's first TV show in a series of upcoming TV shows after, uh, I, I guess for those of you who don't know the cultural behemoth that is Marvel, um, it started back in, gosh, when did Iron Man 1 come out? Uh, 2008, I think. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll call this the official Marvel Cinematic Universe because, you know, we had Daredevil and... Uh, Luke Cage. Luke, well, no, I meant more of like the Ben Affleck Daredevil. We're going oh, back oh, to the beginning. Wow, wow. You're, we're, you're we're, going really, really far yeah, back Yeah, we're kind of talking, you know, I think there was always this grand idea to bring Marvel to the movies. And when uh, John Favreau got his hands on Iron Man, that kind of really brought the whole scope of Marvel to the world and the possibilities of everything. Yeah. And even then, people were speculating, oh, there's going to be Infinity Stones and Thanos and, oh, and you know. The speculation and the possibilities, you know, were the were the jumping off point because literally anything could happen in the comics. But at the same time, it's Marvel; they need money, you need <laughs> direction, you know, you got to have a central vision, uh, if you will. So I think, you know, now that they wrapped up with their movies, they can explore the next medium, which is television, mm-hmm. and it feels more like a comic book which is what i really liked about it because you have little stories it's got a to be continued you know so it felt i think tv is actually the perfect medium for this because the movies they all blend in together mm-hmm. you know and a lot of these wandavision plot points are basically traditional marvel movies mm-hmm. but extended you know there's always a villain the villain's a super powered version of the person they're fighting you know like Tony Stark is still to blame for something. Uh, yep, yeah, he's always there to blame. There's military propaganda. There's all sorts of fun <laughs> traditional Marvel stuff. But um, I think for those who didn't know anything about WandaVision and starting it, it was kind of an eye-opener. And it was like, whoa, this is cool. Mm-hmm. It's something different. You know, we're not really sure about what's going to happen or the possibilities of it. And then it just kind of did its thing. <laughs> and yeah, you, yeah. You, 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 I couldn't have summarized it any better than you could. I'm, I'm right there with you. I was glad that they were starting to get into TV shows because to your point, these movies sometimes only really scratch the surface when it comes to their stories. Mm-hmm. Like things like Civil War. Civil War was a you know long running event. It wasn't just a day. It wasn't just something where all the events of civil war would happen in just one movie Mm -hmm. so to have a show that can flesh out elements that can tell a larger overarching story yeah that you know takes place in what nine hours less as opposed to two is something that works really well to these characters and for wandavision specifically it was a great opportunity to really highlight some characters that really in the grand scheme of things they're they're supporting characters. They're not Captain America. They're not Iron Man. So while they've had their own story, we never really got too much of the backstory behind Wanda, and we never really got to fully explore that relationship and you know their surrounding elements and you know in their world and how it affects them as much until this show came around. I agree. And, you know, the character development is perfect for the type of character that Wanda and Vision are because of just their origins and how they were were born and, you know, their feelings where you can, you know, have a almost a standalone movie of Captain America starting from the beginning, you know, although I would have 
I, I don't know. I think I think TV is a better medium for some of this because most of the stuff from WandaVision I enjoyed was the character development, you know? Agreed. And kind of like watching them struggle. Like it was nice watching, not not having Wanda fight something every five minutes and use her powers, you know, to do that. She used her powers differently and, and uh, scarily. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was a kind of a breath of fresh air. Not There wasn't a lot of CGI monsters or anything that they had to fight. Like it was cool just to let the characters be themselves and it really, like, I think people have a really b- bigger and better fascination for Wanda Maximoff now. I completely agree with you right there. A lot more people, I think, are appreciative of those characters compared to, to before. And it makes sense, too, because I think we're going to see more of both those characters, even if Vision himself isn't going to be the exact same character as before. Oh, yeah. Probably going to be going through some kind of existential AI crisis. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I, I, I figured I had my notes structured just kind of going from top to bottom in the same order as the show. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the things I really enjoyed right off the bat was to your point that it definitely felt like a very character driven show. So the first three episodes, especially really focus around Wanda and vision and their relationship, although told through a you know, 1950s, 1960s, I think they even got to the 70s by the third episode. Yeah, so the first three episodes are kind of this just like almost a blur. It's it's a sitcom. It's a classic yeah. Dick Van Dyke setup, you know, dinner. Uh, Vision's got, uh, it forgot he invited his boss to dinner. And Was it uh, Cy Abelman? Yeah, Cy Abelman. Uh, yeah. Never forget to invite Cy Abelman to dinner, <laughs> let me tell you what. <laughs> and uh, a girl from that 70s show. Oh yeah, that's right. The yeah, mom. Yeah, right. she's she's great. Deborah she's really, really great. something. I, I, I can't name. remember her name either. She's great. And and then Catherine Hahn is the nosy neighbor. <laughs> that's right, Agnes. Yeah. Agnes. No, Agnes? Yeah, Agnes. Yeah. yeah Agnes who yeah. who really steals the show, especially as the, as the episodes go along. Oh, that was like impeccable casting. Catherine Hahn is great. Oh yeah. Not her first time in the Marvel universe either. She was uh Doc Ock in Into the Spider Verse. Oh, yeah. oh, she's the voice. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, she's always been great, and it's great to see her popularity really skyrocket with this show because she absolutely deserves it. She's she's fantastic. She really she really is one of the best highlights of this show. Yeah, and so those first three episodes have a lot of mystery behind them. Very much, you're wondering, okay, why are we watching a sitcom with a laugh track? It's and like, they're why going it- through all these typical sitcom scenarios. Yeah, it's like, why isn't Iron Man here? Yeah, exactly. Like, what's going on? To your point, where's the fighting? Where's the superhero elements? There are even some people that were kind of like, I don't know, like, they're going to keep on going with this. You know, this is is the second episode in a row that they're doing this shtick. Like, can the movie get a, can the series rather get a move on and get going here? Honestly, that's, that's, that's my favorite part of this series. Those first three episodes were the episodes I probably enjoyed the most because of that sense of mystery. I agree. Because I, because of that sense of like I don't have everything explained at this point. Yeah, I you know, we talk a lot about David Lynch on this podcast, and during the quarantine, I've tried to watch more David Lynch material and just his ideas. And I think the thing I value the most of David Lynch is just his way of telling stories, and you know, his the mystery of it. And the mystery is you don't have to give everything away. You know, you can structure shots and sequences to provide context what's going on, but still have some mystery. And these first three episodes did that perfectly of, you know, having the black and white things. And, you know, at the end of the dinner, when 
she's like vision save him or whatever and she'd like yeah. you know it like you you know something's going on but they don't yeah. really allude to it and then episode four happens yep <laughs> and it just i i have not watched the marvel agents of shield show but yep. i imagine that's what the show is yeah it's just very you know you get all your cameos you got randall park you got darcy darcy oh my god sword is mentioned you get monica rambeau yeah so yeah you're absolutely right and i'm fine introducing these characters to the universe that yeah. i mean that's that it's great that they're coming up and they're they have a bigger impact than they did i liked pre- monica quite a lot i really liked oh they she's had great the cast and i think she's a great character too so i'm excited to see more of her yeah and i guess we'll talk about her later at some point but um Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was nice seeing them, but at the same time, like you know, there's a scene in WandaVision where there's like a helicopter. There's there's three things that happen. There's like a helicopter, that's a beekeeper, a beekeeper that pops out of nowhere, and there's something else too that happens. Uh, radio station, like a radio, someone on the radio. Yeah, someone saying Wanda, her. Wanda, or whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they basically spoon feed you the answers in episode four. Yeah, they drop a lot of answers in episode four. Yeah. And everything that you're saying right now, I completely agree with. It definitely turns into a bit more comedic because you end up having like those Marvel characters that just, they say quirky things and they, you know, have one-liners galore. So you got several characters like that in both Randall Park and, um, I forget the actress's name, but the girl plays Darcy. I know. I'm blanking on her Yeah, name. I'm blanking oh on her name, God. too. Kat Dennings. Kat <laughs> yeah, Dennings. Kat Dennings. Yeah. Like, and so you definitely get a lot more of that like prototypical, like, hey, we're Marvel, and we don't take things too heavily. We treat things light, and we say funny quips here and there. It's just, it's so weird to go from, like, what those first three episodes were to what episode four was. Yes. You know? And yes. it was just like, because the first episode, it's black and white. It's like Dick Van Dyke. The second yep. episode, it's kind of like Bewitched. You know, there's yeah. magic. And it's 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 entertaining. Like, it's hilarious watching Vision and Wanda do quirky 60s things. And the people that they got, aside from, obviously, the, the, t- the two leads, and Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Paul Bettany, really capture the same spirit of those shows. It's, it's really amazing. And from an acting perspective, it's very... It's, it's very, very, like, impressive to know that, like, okay, one episode you act like this, another episode you act like this. Like, you really kind of have a good amount of variety um, when it comes to approaching how you act in this role. And I think that's very cool for them. And, and they just, they pull it off effortlessly. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you're going through different sorts of styles of, you know, what sitcoms were like. And they do multiple styles. They do, like, a modern family kind of situation they do like a malcolm in the middle kind of episode you know Mm -hmm. so it's cool to see all these styles kind of come together to tell the bigger story but i don't know just i i think this show was kind of the test to see what they could do with the tv medium and how people would respond to how they incorporate tv so you know you get those first three episodes they're kind of weird they're kind of out there you know you get people talking about it and then you bring in episode four and you bring things kind of back into reality and realize, okay, it's a Marvel thing. You know, there's something bigger going on. Which for me, I wish all that happened later on. I agree. And I think there's ways it could have been edited to do that. You know, instead of like having a whole episode with Darcy and was it? And oh, I forgot his name. Um, yeah, I forget. Is it, is it Wu? Yeah, John. No, it's, 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 oh. 
I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'll look it up while you continue. I, I definitely know his last name is Wu, though. Yeah. And he was Scott's parole officer in Ant-Man. Yes, that that's right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like you could have had... So basically, for those of you who haven't watched the show, so the first three episodes are kind of like... They're like sitcom spoofs. But in the end, towards the end of each episode, there you realize something's up. Mm-hmm. And the fourth episode is basically just a Marvel movie where they kind of explain why that mysterious helicopter got there or why this beekeeper guy was chilling in the sewer or whatever. And it completely took me out of it. Yes. Completely agree. All the mystery of the show is completely gone with episode four. Yeah. And it wasn't just, okay, you reviewed, you revealed some things. You revealed one of the biggest mysteries in episode four that Wanda was controlling the vision of everybody living within this sitcom world. Right. Because her powers are not only affecting Vision and her neighbors, like it's affecting the whole town within this area that she's created with her powers. And you drop that big of a bombshell and now it's kind of like, well, I feel like pretty much you've given everything to me on a silver platter and I have five more episodes left. Yeah, it's like, what's going to happen at this point? Like... Where does it go besides trying to get... Obviously, the mil- you're concerned that the military is going to stop Wanda. But at the same time, it's like you kind of want her to stop... Want them to stop Wanda because she's being crazy. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, she doesn't know how to control her powers. And obviously, you know, the torment she feels is too much to handle. Yeah. So... It, it, it was a lot that they dropped. If they had taken out the element of... Uh, Monica knowing that it was Wanda who was controlling what was going on in Westview, yeah. the the town that she's controlling. I would have been okay with that. I would have been more okay with that. But I just kind of felt like after episode four, I'm not as invested anymore in this show. Yeah, like I'm still gonna stick with it, and it does win me back some some more points later on that I'll yeah. go over. I think once we once we realized like the show is not about the mystery of the this world, it's more of how are we gonna save Wanda. I think the show becomes a little more enjoyable. Yeah, you know, and you're not relying on something to be weird or different. You know, because at a certain point, you know, you can do things very differently with the TV medium than you can with the movie medium. You yes. know, like you were saying earlier, you have time to draw things out, you have time to explain things and listen and look at characters. And I think this would have been perfect for both of them. But then, you know, the Marvel stuff just takes you out of it. It does. It does. Um, and it's a shame because that's that's one of the weaker elements of the show for me. It's not particularly bad. It's still and it can still be entertaining. And I understand that someone could could argue like, well, what are you expecting? It's a Marvel property. I just there's ways they could have like okay. So there's a scene where Vision is working, and he realizes that Wanda's controlling everything, and he takes his coworker out of it, right? And he's like, dude, oh my god, help us, help us! She's controlling us. Like whenever he freaks out. Mm-hmm. Like literally they could have just had one scene where vision was in that room, did that exact same thing. and didn't have to explain everything via military Marvel stuff, you know, exactly. Like he could have been like, she's controlling us. Help, help. And he could have been like, what? And then go to Wanda. Are you controlling people? No. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I just felt like, okay, you're, you're also kind of pulling me out of the elements that I really love to go essentially go off and really focus on the stuff that you're setting up for future movies with Monica Rambeau and, you know, like 
other elements. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's going to be interesting when the next, you know, Marvel movie comes out in in this kind of context where there's four or five shows that have been out that all yeah. have content and how are they going to balance them and juggle them and what elements they're going to keep and reference, you know? So it's going to be interesting with this, to see overall kind of what happens. Yeah, it's... I know we're jumping around a lot, but um, it's it's one of those things like you talk about one thing about the show and then it brings up a whole other future implications because, you know, I think at a certain point you have to realize it's a Marvel show. They're setting up for the future stuff. And every TV show, I have a feeling, is going to be doing the same thing. You know, we got the Captain America and Falcon yeah, whatever the, dropping it, soon. Yeah. Um, this week? Oh, what do what is it? Winter, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and Falcon. And, yeah, Falcon right. and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So it's like instead of like, you know, sometimes comic books, you know, you love comic books. Yeah. You can have a comic book that just talks about one thing and that's it. You know, it doesn't tie in anything else. And it feels more like, you know, episodic. Yeah. But watching these things, you're like, OK, there's going to be important things that are going to happen. That's going to set up X, Y and Z. Yeah. And not saying that's important. I mean, it definitely is. But I think you can use those scenes smartly to build instead of having the whole thing leading up to it yeah it's 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 one of those things for for me where i was expecting it going in but i also at the same time was just hoping that certain elements would be a bit more satisfying Mm -hmm. so even though episode four was kind of like all right you know i feel like you really kind of dropped a lot of information very soon and I would have been totally fine if it was dropped later on because now at this point it's like, all right, I I still want to find out more, but I was really into those first initial three episodes and and now I kind of just feel like, all right, well now that I know most of the answers. It's kind of like when Radiohead dropped okay computer, right? You know, you get these first two albums, they're kind of rocky, you know, you're not really sure where they're going to go. And then they blow up an okay computer and it's like their magnum opus, you know, there's so many possibilities of what it could do, you know, but this is, but WandaVision just feels like, ugh. once you realize that it's not going for any artistic value in a sense, and you're, it's, it's self-serving to fill the Marvel, you know, pay scale then it, it just takes you out of it it does it, it really really does and it does win me back at some points with the introduction of pietro and i'm gonna oh. have more to say about him later yeah, on there's um yeah so for oh man so i think the pietro thing is hilarious because well first of all for those of you who don't know basically in if you've not seen the Marvel movie Age of Ultron, I would highly suggest watching that first because there's a lot of characters and name drops from there. But basically, in this universe, they used one of the Infinity Stones to basically test Wanda and Pietro. And it, the, the Infinity Stone basically gave them powers. Yeah. So when Quicksilver dies in Age of Ultron... Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, it's referenced on the show yeah, too. That's fine. So he dies in age of Ultron and then there's X-Men movies because technically Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are X-Men. Yeah. Although they weren't referred to as mutants, I think in age right. of Ultron. Right. Because technically there are no mutants in this universe. Ah. Right. So when Fox debuted their new X-Men reboot, they had Evan Peters as Quicksilver. So, Lo and behold, was it episode four or five? I think it might have been five. Five. They get a knock at the door, 
and lo and behold, there's Evan Peters. Yeah. And Wanda's very confused because she realizes it's her brother, but he doesn't look the same. And that set a whole whirlwind of questions and comments and speculation. And yeah. I am reminded of Iron Man 3. Have you yes. seen Iron Man 3? I have that exactly in my notes. Oh, my God. So Iron Man 3 was hilarious because it featured a the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley, who was already kind of a controversial character to begin with just because of, you know, the ethnicity kind of stuff. But... um. I'm not too familiar with the Mandarin, but I guess he wears like magic rings or something yes. and he's got powers. So people were like, oh my God, the Mandarin. Whoa. He's actually a really great villain. Yeah. He's like, when you think Iron Man, you know, you think. Yeah. The he's Mandarin. one of the top, he's villains, one of the top yeah. villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they completely underused his character. And a lot of people are upset because he was just kind of like a puppet to the bigger villain who was just some guy on fire. Yeah. There was a <laughs> twist, which to be fair, nobody saw it coming because. Right. Somehow Marvel was able to keep it under wraps and you didn't have some, like, you know, blog spoil it ahead of time. But, yeah, it it was one of those kind of things where, like, the whole time you're invested in this villain and then it turns out, oh, wait, he was just an actor, like you said, just a pawn for the bigger picture. And the Mandarin was actually Guy Pierce's character all along. Right. Who lights himself on fire. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's one of those kind of things. I didn't like that twist either. Not because the twist itself didn't work. Yes, didn't see it coming, to be fair. In that regard, it's good. But it didn't feel earned. Like, when we think of, like, the best twists of all time, like, I'll give an example. Seven. You've seen Seven, right? Yeah. Like, what's in the box and who that ends up being? (laughs) It's not Kit Kat bars, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you really piece it all together, that is a strong twist. And not every twist needs to be strong per se, but, you know, I I think they clear Marvel clearly hired Evan Peters on purpose because, you know, it's been long debated now that Disney owns both Marvel and Fox that they're going to bring X-Men into the universe. And they've already had, the, you know, the previous X-Men movies where they've had, you know, many actors come. So they're hoping to cross the streams, if you will, and bring them in. So people were excited when they saw Quicksilver because, oh, wow, that's Evan Peters from the X-Men movies. We're finally getting mutants probably. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that didn't happen. No, that didn't. Um, (laughs) That that reveal is one of my biggest complaints about this show. And I I know it's probably small in, in, in the grand scheme of things. And I... I'm sure there are going to be people out there who will defend it. But when they finally reveal who Pietro actually is, because at one point we find out, like, oh, he's being controlled by the main villain of the show, Agatha. Yeah. We get an actual name reveal, an actual name behind this character. (laughs) And his last name is Boner. Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. What a lame gag to wrap up this character storyline on. I'm sorry. I... I was legitimately like I, they, frustrated seeing that. Oh, they a hundred, hundred percent did it on purpose. Oh, of course. They, they they thought it was a way to troll, a way to you know, kind of like you know, throw people for a loop. And the writer recently came out. He was saying in, in an interview with IGN that oh, we didn't mean to prank people. And it's like yeah, yes, you, you did. did. Yes, you did. See, they they should have just had Aaron Johnson come back. Honestly, honestly like it would have yeah. made more of an impact because it, it was. You don't feel like I didn't feel connection to Evan Peters because obviously it wasn't him. Yeah. And how would like ugh, it it I just is such a lame joke to go out on. This show has some great writing and some really uh, 
really well done emotional beats between the two lead characters. But yet you have a character where the final joke with him is a Beavis and Butthead type joke. Yeah. Which when you pointed that out was so spot on. Like that was the best they can come up with. I'm sorry, but yeah, there has to be there's a there's a universe where the same guy who looks exactly like the X-Men version of himself and he has somewhat super like uh, ugh, I don't there's some things that are not clearly defined, no. I guess, and it's hard to you know, it's obviously it's Marvel, so you know, we're not looking at a uh, you know, Silence of the Lambs here with some of this stuff, but you know, there's got to be some kind of like I don't have connection with Evan Peters because that's not the version that Elizabeth Olsen knows. You know, she knows the Aaron Johnson version. So when he yeah. comes in, she's like, "You're my brother, but you look different." And it's hard to have that connection. You know? Yeah. You know something is not up, and yeah. the, the whole mystery behind it eventually just leads to a lame joke. To me, that's very disappointing. Yeah. I I hope, and I mean they did this too with with um the Mandarin too. Although I, n- I never saw the short story. I hope they have some kind of follow-up with this character like they did with the Mandarin from Iron Man 2 to kind of kind of give a bit more explanation because honestly, it just felt like they just threw something together. Oh, yeah, totally. It It's very, very disappointing for a show that has a lot of strong elements behind it to just settle on something like that is extremely disappointing, especially since he ends up kind of having a whole arc like what is up with him like what's the story behind him and then just have it end on that kind of note very very disappointing for me yeah there's there's a lot of questions that come in to the the world that wanda creates and kind of her powers you know i feel like at a certain you know marvel didn't really explain her powers that much you knew she was powerful like she could destroy buildings and stuff but now that they kind of established that she's the most powerful in the universe kind of thing yeah but her powers aren't like very arbitrary yeah like i don't understand like the vision part right like there's a like the kid the kids thing also too just yeah. seems kind of weird like she was able to create the kids but then change them i guess yeah they were and they were able to change on their own but they're still but see, obviously, Elizabeth Olsen creates vision from the piece of Infinity Stone power, right? Yeah. Which means her kids also are created by the Infinity Stone power, right? Yeah, that's not really But now explained. they're stuck inside of her. Like, it doesn't, like, can, I guess she can create life or she can create the memory. I don't know. Like, it doesn't make much sense because she never had kids. I feel like she can create versions of people based on her experiences with him, which is why she could create vision and he didn't have all his memories. He had part of it, but she's never had kids before. So like who's trapped inside, you know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's one of the things about the show too, that like as a viewer, you just, you just have to go with. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think most of the show is you just kind of have to go with it. Yeah, exactly. Because it, like I said, it's just very much just like, well, she's really powerful, so she can pretty much do anything and everything. Yeah. But hey, Marvel's doing what they accomplished. We're talking about it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It, this is a total water cooler show. You know, you're meant to talk about and speculate and ultimately be disappointed when whatever happens doesn't pay off for you. But, yeah. you know, I think we can expect, you know, the win- I, I think for the next coming shows, it's going to be important to not really necessarily read into the rumors that pop mm-hmm. out and... Just don't assume something's going to happen because Marvel clearly isn't 
thinking that way yet and they're not ready to cash in on you know something like x-men or fantastic four because i was convinced at a certain point that the like that thing that she did like the laser thing when she hit monica once Mm. or twice i thought she monica was going to go invisible Mm. and she was going to be mrs fantastic yeah i thought that'd be kind of cool but yeah there's just so many little elements that you know a lot of people were spec- spec- speculating on and it's fun to do so yeah and i think that there were to, and to be fair those people who didn't have any of their theories to come out there were certain things that they specifically called out like that physicist that monica ran in rambo no knows um like and i get it like the show doesn't owe you anything it doesn't owe you like to prove all your theories correct and a lot of these things yeah. might just be little ideas now that blossom into something much bigger in the grand scheme of things. And that's usually what Marvel kind of does, you know. Yeah. You, uh, unless Marvel specifically puts in things, you can't assume anything. Yeah. You can't assume that this is coming because of hints and teases or whatever, because obviously Marvel's not looking at it like that. Yeah. But they know other people are. So. And and while this show, um, you know, kind of kind of brought me back in with the introduction of Pietro in episode five. There were some elements that really kept on coming, making me come back and making me excited about what I was going to see. Yeah. And a lot of that really had to do with <clears throat> Agatha when the show really mm-hmm. kind of brings her into play and she plays a larger part in the overall story. She's just, I mean that Agatha all along song was just oh, stuck yeah. in my head. I really like the trap version that one guy made. That was really great. <laughs> yeah, for how much we're you know trashing on it, I think it's fine to do it because it's a Marvel show. But there are some really really good moments in it, and especially you know the family yeah. moments when they're all together as family. Vision kind of learning, yeah. you know who he is and why he's trapped in there. That was also really well done too. I have that in my notes too. That point where he's walking through the town yeah. and seeing all the people standing still, I was like, all right, yes, more of this. But then it would cut to sword and all their stuff going on. And I'm like, no, no yeah, I know Topher but. Grace a while ago did like a remake of Star Wars where he like took the first like the prequels and he re-edited them to one movie. So he made everything short and concise and kind of cut the cut the fat, if you will. Mm. And I'd be very curious to see like a fan edit version of this of WandaVision just because like you could tease things more and speculate and draw things out, you know, more than they showed. I'm right there with you. I'm and usually I'm not for that. I re, and like because usually it just ends up meaning that you harp on the original project. Yeah. But I, I I really really thought that like there was something unique about this show at first. Yeah. And it was very strong and it was just so much more engaging in the beginning. And while I had those moments that really won me back, especially with Agatha, and I felt like the penultimate episode, the one right before the finale did a really, really great job of, like, showing, like, here's the history behind a character where, excuse me, prior we've only had hints at or we only had, like, short synopsis or brief explanations behind them. So to really kind of go deeper into her story and really show all the grief that she's gone through. Yeah, because we didn't, I mean, we've only seen her being, like, tortured and stuff. Like, we didn't know she had a family and they were bombed and, like, oh, my God, like, that was terrifying. It, it really helped out. And then to finally get to that point where it's like, oh, this is why she hasn't been called the Scarlet Witch the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then to really kind of have that reveal play in later on at the end of episode eight was like, all right, you're really what Marvel can do very, very well is that it can really build up the characters to the stature that we know about them 
in in a manner where it feels earned and not rushed. Mm -hmm. And in this case where you have a show, like it, it really builds up. Like you really have a character that had quite a lot happen to her prior that we hadn't seen until this show came around. And it was great that they recognized like, hey, you know who has a lot of story to tell that we really haven't told in the main movies, but we can tell in an episodic format? Wanda. And Vision too as well. It was really, really great to see him kind of get a lot more history built up around him too. And I think <sighs> the finale. Yeah. We, I, we've already talked about Pietro, but I've got to be honest with you. I think the finale was my least favorite episode out of all of them. Yeah, it kind of just ends, you know. There's there's a big Marvel battle, the CGI villain, and the you know the the typical Marvel formula is the villain's always going to be the same, has the same powers as the other one, maybe a little more powerful, but they'll overcome at some point. Yep, exactly. And that's what it was. Yep, that's what it was. A lot of those are very predictable elements. I did think, however, the ending of Wanda and Vision inside their house and with their family and just like everything collapsing yeah. around them was done very, very well. There are, yeah, I agree. There are moments of this show that are, that are truly wonderful and shine, but are ultimately sometimes ruined by the, the spoon fed explanations. Yeah. And like you kind of hinted at earlier, and then I'll kind of get into my final thoughts here. Yeah. The most of the episode was about like, here's a preview for what's coming up next. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I think we can jump in final thoughts here, but you know, Marvel, that's what Marvel's good at. You know, they're good at taking all these IPs together and putting them in this bubble and say, okay, how do we get to point A, B and C? And usually it's short and sweet through the movies. You know, you have a certain, certain sets of things, you can tease a couple things, but you know, when Marvel's making TV shows, you're like, you're, you're hoping for something more, you know? And I really liked those first three episodes and how they extended the universe and like kind of not didn't really explain things very well. And it's just confusing. It's like it draws mystery and hype. And then by the time, you know, the end of the show happens, you're just like, OK, it's a Marvel show. Like it, it's literally a Marvel movie, but a Teton TV format. And it makes me a little worried about the Falcon Winter Soldier show just because, you know, ultimately it's going to serve to whatever purpose they're going to fight, you know, I'm sure at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're going to go fly up to Nick Fury. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, it, it just makes me question, like, what's the point of these shows? I mean, I understand the point of the shows, but, like, I hope there's more artistic value in them than there is Marvel in them. But I enjoyed it otherwise. You know, I think it's honestly one of the best things Marvel's done in a while. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that sentiment too. Yeah. So do you, do you want to just give kind of like a rating at all or just a recommendation? Yeah, we can, I mean, yeah, I would definitely, I mean, if you like Marvel, you're going to absolutely love this yeah. stuff, you know? And, and, and they like, probably already watched it too. Yeah. yeah. It, you, you, at this point, if you're listening, you probably just, you already know what's going on, but you know, I, I'm reminded of Breaking Bad a little bit. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes, I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is spoilers for Breaking Bad, by the way. So the second or third season, do you remember at the beginning, there's like a, there's a pool and there's a bear. Yes. And you don't know what any of that is until the end of the season. Mm. Basically Marvel did, to, did that, but episode four. Yeah. Of WandaVision. Like they, like imagine if they explained to you what the bear was in two seconds later after that happened. And it ruins everything because you got the buildup and the hype and that's when they, part of the reason Breaking Bad was so great is because you didn't know where it was going and they didn't spoon feed you things. Exactly. So. Right there with you. So what do you, do you have a rating? Oh, we're going to do numbers here. 
Would Would you like to? It's up to you. Oh, we can do no. Well, don't mean to put you on the spot. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm a high seven, is what I rate this. There's great moments in it. The acting, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I I think there's great moments of it, but the moments that are really hindering it from being perfect really hinder it. Yeah, yeah. It's with with Marvel. Whenever there's anything that comes out from Marvel, there's almost like this approach that. Well, you can't be too overly critical of Marvel because what? Just just lighten up and have a good time. And oh well, hey, at least it's not DC. You know, well, that's it's a just, whole other podcast discussion. <laughs> God, it it just always seems like Marvel has this approach from some fans where it's just it's untouchable, and anything that they put out just can't be criticized because well, it's 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 Marvel and they've done such a great job and they've built up just this like I don't they they they've built up this anon- anonymity towards anybody really being too harsh from a critical standpoint. So when you and I come, you know, we're discussing earlier that like, oh, you know, it just seems like it's set up for further things. Well, they've been doing that since Iron Man 2. Yeah. And a lot of people are used to it. And I know a lot of people haven't even bothered to criticize any future Marvel products because, well, that's just what they do. And, and that's what a lot of people have said about a lot of the elements. You know, the big battle at the end, the, you know, the over long monologuing between the hero and the villain and the finale, things of that nature are just, Hey, that's, that's Marvel. That's comic books. You know, those kind of things just always get a pass. So for me, really my main criticisms are pretty much in line with what you're saying. And that the strongest part of the show is in the beginning when there's a sense of mystery, when there's a sense of, you don't know everything that's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. When the mystery is strong, it's also engaging. And it's also the best point, too, because it means that, you know, okay, you 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 really kind of get to see these characters and you really get to flesh them out a lot more as opposed to, like, when you need to spread out the story between, well, there's the people within Westview and there's people outside of Westview. Exactly. I I think also the problem is, you know, the whole first phase of Marvel or whatever they called it was to lead to Thanos, you know? So you got this big bad guy, the most powerful guy, Infinity Stones, blah, blah, blah. And now it's gone. It's like, okay, what do you do now? When, and and Marvel's solution is let's find a bigger, badder villain than Thanos, you know? So they're kind of doing the same thing all over again, but just another villain. And it's just like, it's boring, you know, which, and that's what made me so hopeful about this show was, you know, it's so different and it's a new approach and you're not doing the same thing you're doing before. And then, oh, there you go. And I would love to see Marvel do something that's self-contained. And I think at this point, they, they can do that. They've earned enough grace from people where, if they decided like we're going to do a series that's uh you know i don't know nine episodes and that's it yeah that's just this character for this storyline i think they could totally get away with it oh totally and i, I mean, also, they hire all these unique directors who have creative visions and expertise like use them but unfortunately they yeah. don't always fully use them and that's exactly the case with this one as well so I know that there were some things that hampered the show. Like the finale was actually supposed to be two episodes. So there was supposed to be an episode nine and 10 and because of COVID because of restrictions with crowds and all that, some characters really don't get the most satisfying ending such as Monica Rambo, who was supposed to have a subplot where she helps the kids like steal that book, uh, the, the, that dark magic book. I'm forgetting the oh. name of it at the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
so because the bunny was supposed to be like a demon or something like that. Yeah, Agatha is supposed to have like a like a cat as her familiar. Yeah. So I thought mm. the bunny was going to turn into a cat, which it didn't for some yeah. reason. But whatever. Yeah, I, and you know, it's I'm not really going to hold that against the show, but it did feel like it in the finale that like okay, there's some elements that are incomplete. Like literally, one character is you know just talked about like they're off screen and it's like oh what happened to darcy Eh, you know paperwork really isn't her thing it's like well really it just means that she couldn't be there because of covid covid (laughs) restrictions but it's fine because you don't want another scene of her just filling out paperwork oh no absolutely (laughs) i I guess my not discrediting her acting or anything like that but like you know the unfortunately the marvel parts just don't work and when they when they do it it really takes you out of it yeah it, it, it really does it's the stuff that's so strong is is very memorable, and that's between the two leads and the family, um, the two kids that they have. And honestly, I think they both, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, I feel like they got to get some kind of recognition for what they do. I don't know if it's like, you know, oh, like, you know, guaranteed win at the Golden Globes or something like that. Yeah, but, I, I, but I hope they get some kind of spotlight, some kind of nomination, because I think they both deserve it. Oh, definitely. And and Agatha, just you know, she Catherine steals, she steals the show. Honestly, yeah. it, there has not been a villain developed like that since like Loki. Yeah, she she's fantastic. She's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Loved every second that she was on. Was always looking forward to having her on there. If the show was tighter, if the show like really didn't dip into all the Marvel stuff as either as much or at least until later on the show, I think I would have liked it a lot more yeah and i'm not really disappointed in the fan theories not happening but i do think that like come on like it's you, yeah don't you, i it, honestly if you don't read into it and just let it happen because it's probably not what you're thinking yeah yeah so thankfully the stuff between the two characters the two our two main heroes does end strong and that's ultimately why i would recommend the show to anybody who has mm-hmm. obviously seen the marvel shows um i I don't know if I'm going to immediately come back to it. it. Might be one of those kind of things that I go back to in a few years time from from right now. Yeah, I, and I, I think I would go back to those first three episodes, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, that's probably it. I'd just be fine rewatching those again. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm right there, pretty much with you on that on that rating, man. It's it's yeah. it's it's a seven out of ten. It's a strong seven out of ten. Yeah, it's it's one of those kind of things. There's points where it would be much higher than that rating. But ultimately, because either just because they can't help themselves or because, hey, it's Marvel. And I know that kind of stuff isn't going to bother people. I know. I know. But I'm not one of those people that just takes everything that Marvel throws at me and just praises it with, you know, out any kind of criticism with, you know, just like, oh, it's all it's all perfect. Yeah, I get it. It's still entertaining when we get all the sword stuff and all yeah. the funny quips and i think too marvel really shines when you give the characters room to breathe and let them be themselves and express their emotions like that's the marvel that interests me like like in um like endgame when thor went back in time and you know visit his mother and stuff like that's the stuff that stuck with me not the cgi battle you know like i like the character development like the whole point of the comic books is to learn about these characters you know and grow with them and learn about their faults and their flaws and stuff you know and i think that's what really drew drew me to this show yeah so yeah more of that more more of that right there with you seven seven out of ten absolutely yeah. all the way yeah hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see what happens winter soldier is good too yeah i'm 
curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hmm. it's probably going to have a different feel. Yeah. I have a feeling this will probably Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be more like a, like a CSI Miami kind of show, kind of just like, or Hawaii Five-0 kind of thing. Yeah. Which buddy, yeah. Comedy, buddy, buddy cop thing. I'm fine with that. Honestly, there's going to be some good action scenes, I imagine, but you know, it's at the end of the day, you know, whatever mystery that there's going to be, like, I'm sure it's going to connect to something in some way. And Oh yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe we'll see cap again or some other kind of character along Uh, the way. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 there will be something, but to your point, you know, it's like one of those things that like you almost feel obligated to watch now at this point. Um, but yeah, I, you'll, you'll be. I mean, <laughs> when I was reading some of the plot summary stuff for Wandavision, there was like stuff that was mentioned on Shield. Like I guess that book, mm-hmm. the that Agatha had, she stole it from Shield, I think, or something. Interesting. And Shield had it the whole time, and I guess that was mentioned on Shield. I don't watch yeah. Shield. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just don't think everything that Marvel does is perfect. No. That's just that's just where I'm at. I I can enjoy the movies. I don't think they necessarily made an awful movie, um, or in this case, you know, awful movie or TV shows. But I do think that there are movies that I'm totally fine never going back to, like Thor two. Yeah. Like th- there is such a thing as playing it too safe, and and I definitely felt a little bit of that in Wanda, and I'm sure we're gonna get some of that in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I like risks. I really yeah. like risks. And I, and, I, and I get why they're not taken because these shows are made for a mass audience. Yeah. And it was so weird, too, when you were saying that they were going to make a season two of this show. Because I always thought these shows were going to be like one and done, you know, like the next time we see Wanda, I assume it's going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. she does the little vision thing like he does at the end. Whatever, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm more I will tell you this. This show did accomplish one thing and that I'm much more interested in these characters now. Yes. And it, it brought magic in. Yes. So that, which will be important for later things. And obviously we've kind of been hinting so much at multiverse, multi-universe stuff going on right yeah. now. And and that's the problem already too, because until they officially say the words multiverse, which I don't think they will until the Loki show, like don't assume X-Men are coming or anything like that. Uh, that show I'm probably looking forward to the most now, more than Falcon and Winter Soldier, just because it looks a bit more. Uh, what's, what's the word that I'm looking for? It looks a bit more like, like it's gonna go to really stranger places. Yeah. Which I would imagine Falcon and Winter Soldier be kind of like, like you said, a buddy cop type show, thriller, action packed. I think with Loki, it's like, all right, you know, we're gonna have Loki go back in time and you know yeah everything that we saw in the trailer was just like okay this this looks really interesting to me like i was about as interested in seeing that trailer as i was in wandavision i just like things that don't give me all the answers that like give me something odd so make us work for it like that's why you put it on tv because it's a weird thing and normally wouldn't do in theaters yeah so but yeah um i think this is a lot of fun i enjoyed doing this yeah yeah i'm getting heated up here (laughs) yeah right so Let, those of you at home who are listening right now, let us know what you think. Are we wrong? Should the ratings be absolutely higher? Do are we you... not Marvel fanboys enough for you? <laughs> exactly. So it's it's one of those things where we would love to hear from you all. And if you got anything really vital that we might have missed, anything that you think like you know should be discussed, feel free to reach out to us. G4DPodcast.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, Facebook. 
We post episodes pretty consistently. I think we might have actually multiple episodes coming up this week. We'll definitely be doing an episode very soon with our good buddy, CJ. Hey. Hey, CJ. So we got lots of fun things that are coming up here. Thank you all for supporting us and listening to us all the time. Let us know your thoughts. Or if you even have some music recommendations and even coffee recommendations, feel free to send them our way. I love coffee. Tell me what you're drinking. And of course, like, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Give us five stars. All that great stuff there. We're yeah. on we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Everywhere. Google. Anywhere you get podcasts. Anywhere just, you get podcasts. Just go there. We're there. We're there. All the time. Any place. <laughs> Anytime, any place, anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, just, just, just make sure you don't give us any uh, star rating, anything mm. less than five, please. No, no flipping, no <laughs> flipping. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, friends. This has been G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Was Adam all along? <laughs> That's right, and I killed Sparky, too. <gasps> no, I just can't. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username g4d underscore podcast drop us a line at g4d podcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions general questions or business inquiries you can find our podcast on itunes and john and i would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show may your cup and heart always be full of coffee good music and cliche motivational ending sentences thanks